Welcome to the Cookery by the Book podcast with me, Susie Chase. My name's Jane Green, and I'm here to talk about my cookbook, Good Taste. You have 18 novels. Every book is autobiographical in some way. How does good taste reflect you? Well, um, it's not fiction. So so even though my books do reflect my life, they always draw from my life and then spin off into their own stories. So none of them are really my story. And actually, if anything, good taste um, as a cookbook is the most... Um, like me because what I although I have stories in good taste they are from my they are proper stories from my life um there's nothing that's thinly disguised as fiction um so every recipe is the kind of food that I cook which is easy delicious comfort food because the truth is that I I kind of feel that um when you have people over to your house to to serve them a meal um, it's not really about the food. The food is largely irrelevant. It's about comfort and warmth and nurture and and feeding people the kinds of food that makes them feel um, safe and, and nurtured and loved. So my cookbook is about that. And it's got stories from my life and and also photographs of my home and and parties and uh even the sketches in the book are sketches that I drew myself so so it's incredibly personal in a way that my novels never are interestingly enough this cookbook started out on the self-publishing track what made you decide to launch it on kickstarter um, my agent actually had had worked with another author on Kickstarter, and she thought that it was a fascinating platform. And, and I didn't think that any traditional publisher would be interested in a cookbook for me. Obviously, I'm, I'm a known quantity with novels, but not with cookbooks. So I thought, well, you know, if I do it myself, I can create something that's really beautiful. And then perhaps the publishers will sit up and, and take interest if they can hold it in their hands. Um, and Kickstarter was it was it was really interesting as a platform to sell it through. So we sold it through Kickstarter, and it also gave my readers an insight into the whole process because you're very involved when you use something like Kickstarter. And we asked people's opinion on all kinds of things in the book, including the cover. Um, and so I think my readers had um, felt that they had a part, and in fact did have a part in the process in a way they would never normally have with my books with Penguin Random House. Yeah, you have such an enormous fan base. I bet they were all so excited to have a say in this. Yes, I, I think they really were. It's one of the things that people still say to me um, when I'm on tour, that they really loved getting an insight into how books are published and what goes into it. The holidays are upon us, and you're not a big fan of hors d'oeuvres. So when you have people over, what do you put out to snack on? I think that so often over here we fill up on hors d'oeuvres and there are amazing hors d'oeuvres but what that means is by the time you you sit down you you're not hungry and you don't appreciate the food in the same way and I have to just tell you the very first wedding I ever went to in New York it was a huge wedding in some very smart hotel and there must have been three or four hundred people 
And I'd never seen hors d'oeuvres like it. And the hors d'oeuvre hour, the cocktail hour, went on for about an hour and a half. And there were just trays, mountains of food and stations and sushi and filet being carved. And and I ate until I was stuffed. (laughs) And much to my horror, at the end of the hour and a half or a couple of hours, one wall at the end of this room opened up to reveal a dining room and we were then expected to go through and sit down and have a five course meal oh my um, gosh yes it seemed like the most shocking waste of food and i decided then and there that um orders are, are sort of pointless so to answer your question um i will i tend to put out um Nuts. I have a recipe for spiced nuts in in the book, which actually are delicious. People go crazy for them. So I'll often put out some spiced nuts. Sometimes it's as simple as as potato chips. Every now and then guilt gets to me and I will succumb and and I will put out a cheese platter um, and people demolish it. And, And again, I would much rather they bring that appetite to the table. Good Taste has a lot of one-pot dishes, a lot of casseroles, and every recipe has a story. How did you choose these particular recipes for the book? I I, I have to be really honest and say that they were, I think, my best ones. Um, A lot of these recipes came from my mother, my grandmother. I created a number of them. They're recipes I've collected and adapted. Um, And I just, I suppose the criteria was that they had to look and taste as if you have slaved over a hot stove for hours, but they have to be incredibly easy to make because the truth is we're all busy. We're all incredibly busy these days and none of us have has the time to cook. Um, And I also think, you know, I went to culinary school. I went to the French Culinary Institute and I learned to cook very fine French food. But that isn't the kind of food that I'm interested in preparing for people when they come to my home, nor is it the kind of food that I have the time to prepare. So I, I really wanted it to be easy. And I wanted people who don't cook to be able to cook from this book. Dispel the English food myth for us. You know, it's interesting because whenever I hear people say these days, oh, English food is terrible, ha, 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 I, I always say, shh, keep that quiet because actually all that proves to anybody who knows is that you clearly haven't been within the last 15 years um, because the English food has changed incredibly. And, and some things I think we've always done really, really well. We've always done great stews and casseroles um, and and steamed desserts and sort of they're quite thick and stodgy but sometimes in winter on cold nights that's what you really want um, and the other thing is we have incredibly talented chefs in England now and we have people like Gordon Ramsay and Jamie Oliver and and the food certainly in the cities in England is I think, as good as anywhere else in the world, if not better. Two of my favorite novels of yours are Jemima J and Mr. Maybe. Uh, You know, a lot of these sort of ridiculous scenes that happen, well, not a lot, but some of them are drawn from my own life. And that's when the autobiographical element comes in. It's never my life completely, but these little random stories often make their way in. And um, years ago in my 20s, 
I had a new boyfriend and I hadn't met his friends and and I was meeting them and they were all coming over for dinner and I decided to impress them tremendously by making a Thai green curry. Now, this was back in the very early 80s and uh, there, there, were, there was no Thai green t- curry. <laughs> you know, there, was, there was no Thai food in London. It was back in the days when English food was pretty awful. Um, but somehow I got hold of a recipe and I decided I was going to make this. And and when I went out to buy the groceries, the recipe called for four large green peppers. And I, I got to the grocery store and they didn't have any large green peppers. They only had these teeny tiny peppers. So And I remember thinking, well, maybe four to six of these tiny <laughs> peppers would equal one large one. So I bought over 20 of these tiny green peppers. And of course, they were the hottest peppers in the world. And you would think that I would have realized because as I was slicing them, the oil from the peppers was was making the skin on my hands, you know, slide off practically. <laughs> it was burning. And, and I remember putting everything in the blender and I could hardly get close to the blender because the waves of heat coming off and nobody could eat it but they all were terribly English about it and some kept saying Jane mm, this is delicious when in <laughs> fact they were only eating the rice on the side um and so I did I used that scene in Mr Maybe I love that so you have a recipe for wild mushroom polenta in this cookbook how yeah. and where did you end up making this recipe for Hugh Grant Ah, so so that was a few years ago. Um, I was asked to, well, I had a phone call from Parade Magazine and they phoned up one day and said, Jane, we know you're very busy and we're huge fans of your work and flattery, flattery. Do you think that you might possibly have time next week to interview Hugh Grant for us? And of course, I said, let me think about it. Yes, because <laughs> All of my my you know romantic heroes in my very early novels, which were much younger novels, Jemima J and Mr. Maybe and Straight Talking, all of those romantic heroes were based on some version of Hugh Grant. And so I kept I I then discovered that Hugh Grant is a very difficult interview. He doesn't like being interviewed. So I phoned them back and said, well, instead of interviewing him, why don't I do something fun with him and write about it? And they said, yes, great, you know, sounds sounds wonderful. So I kept throwing these ideas at Hugh Grant's team, the things I thought he might like doing, and they included playing golf and going to a pool hall, and and they kept saying no, and eventually they said he wants to do something quiet. So I said, well, I could cook dinner for him. And it was really a last resort, but they came back saying, yes, Hugh says yes, you you can cook dinner for him. Um, And it ended up uh, changing to lunch, Um, And it ended up changing from New York to London because he was filming in London. So uh, I had to hop on a plane and find a friend's kitchen to borrow to cook for Hugh Grant. And in fact, you know, purely by coincidence, my childhood best friend happens to live in Tina Turner's old house. So it's a wonderful... (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And even better, it happens to be in Notting Hill. Oh. Yeah. So, um, so of course, I borrowed her house for the day and I cooked him this wonderful meal. of I did a, a roasted tenderloin of pork with a fig prosciutto and sage stuffing and wild mushroom polenta and a plum tartata with vanilla ice cream. The other night, I made your recipe for curried pea soup on page 40. 
Yeah. It was a simple, gorgeous soup. Now, was this your mother's recipe? Yes. Yes, this was my mother's recipe. So many of these recipes are my mother's. And she she is a wonderful cook. And, and her criteria is much the same as mine. It has to be easy. Um, the only thing is that when she gave me as a gift a few years ago, her recipe file, which was the file that she had started when she first got married. So 50 years ago, she started this recipe file. And I remember there were all my little childhood doodles in it. I, I had a thing about drawing witches. So there were witches all over it. <laughs> and, and my mother's recipes, the problem is that my mother is as slapdash as I am with recipes. So, um, which is why I'm not really a baker, um, because it, it's too precise. So all of her recipes had to be deciphered and tested because they would say things like, you know, for the curry pea soup, it would say things like peas, onion, stock. I mean, she didn't, she never had quantities. Um, and so I had to sort of, you know, work my way through and try and, and decipher how, you know, I, I knew how the recipe was supposed to taste, but how we actually got from her, her just general ingredients with no quantities to the finished product. What do you have coming up for 2017? And where can we find you on the web? Oh, um, so 2017, I have a novel coming out in June called The Sunshine Girls, which I think is one of my favorite books, if not my favorite. It's much more similar to, to the books I was writing a few years ago, like The Beach House. And The Beach House was set on Nantucket with a cast of characters and, and a very warm story about discovering a, a family, your family of choice. And that's very much what The Sunshine Girls is. Um, what else do I have planned? Um, I, I am trying my hand at a young adult novel. We will see how that goes. Um, I do have some exciting um, movie news with uh, The Beach House. Oh. Yes, and, and also there may be another book with some exciting television news, but I can't, I can't say anything about that until the contracts are signed. But um, but it's busy, busy as always, and and really fun. And there will be lots of writing, lots of cooking, lots of herding cats, chickens, and children in my house in 2017. Oh my gosh! I cannot thank you enough for coming on Cookery by the Book podcast. This has been fun. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. 